Well, Merry Christmas, and so glad that you're here. And today, as we kick off this new series, This I Believe, we're going to learn that God continuously greets us. It is no coincidence that very, or every now and then, we sense the presence of God. And it may be in various ways. Sometimes you'll talk to someone, and then when you're done speaking with them, and you leave their presence, you feel like, boy, I, I felt like God was speaking to me through that person. Or you might say something like, boy, that was such a great movie. God spoke to me through that movie. Or you might be in church and God speaks something and it's like you were face to face with God himself because he deposited something in your heart. It's like there is no possible way for us to go through our life without having a sense that God spoke to us sometime in our life. He'll do it in various ways. And that's what this series is about. It's, it's God coming into our life in creative ways and sometimes in ways that we would never expect. And so as you, God bless you, God bless you. As we get into our message today, you can take out your notes. And if you want to go to your church app, you can do that too. But being greeted by God is, is, is something that I think we're learning because most of the times people will say, I don't, know, I don't know if I hear the voice of God. I don't know what he sounds like or how do I know if I'm hearing God. But we know in our day and age today that God still greets us. He is still looking out for our very best. There was a woman by the name of Mary who was greeted by God, by God sending an angel. God will use creative ways to greet us. We just need to believe that he will. And that he always has a purpose in doing so. Because if you think about it, different greetings stir up different emotions. So I'm going to do a test on this. And I want you, I'm going to give you two phrases to say or, or words. The first word is exciting. That's what you have to say. Exciting. You just have to verbalize it. The other word is not exciting. So I need your participation in this. I'm going to give you some scenarios. And you just respond with exciting or not exciting. Okay, can we do that? Are we awake? Okay, we're good to go. Here's the first one, and you have to respond with exciting or not exciting. Your favorite gift that you always wanted. Money is not in... Yeah, excited. Well, let me finish. Uh, the, the gift that you always wanted, money is not an object. You purchase it online. Let's just say if it was something online. And then you were greeted by either uh, FedEx or UPS or whoever is delivering it to your doorstep, and they give you your gift. Excited or not excited? Yeah. Excited. Okay, so that's just the first one, so you kind of get the feel of it. So you're greeted by a FedEx or UPS driver with your gift. Okay. Or you're greeted by a police officer at your house because you did something wrong. Yeah, not exciting. Okay, so, okay. Second one, you're greeted by your spouse at work with your favorite meal. Excited. Or you're greeted by your children filled with paint all over their bodies and with mud, and I'm finished yet, and with mud all over themselves on your brand new carpet. Yeah, not excited, not excited. Yes, let me finish the sentence. It's so funny. I would say in the first service, I said, you're greeted by your children, and someone said, not excited. <laughs> like, you, you got to wait, wait for the whole thing. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, here's the last one. You're greeted by your favorite athlete or movie star. <laughs> you guys are funny. Greeted or greeted by someone you have a difficult time with at your home Christmas party. Tough, yeah, this one, because you're in church. It's like, I don't know what, I don't know what to say. If I say not excited, what God gonna strike me? No, it's just it's how we feel sometimes. Yeah, not exciting. We, we, it depends on the greeting and the person greeting you and what it's all about that it will stir up different emotions. Because the greatest greeting or what makes a greeting great is who is greeting you, why they're greeting you, and what you have to do thereafter. Like if someone greeted you and you're happy to see them, but they say, oh, um, you, they, you greeted them and they're supposed to give something back to you. They borrowed something and they greeted you and they said, oh, so nice to see you and you're excited. But then they say, oh, I was supposed to bring this back, you know, your lawnmower that I borrowed. I'm so sorry. I ran it over. So bye. It's not a, it's not a good greeting because the whole context of it. Now, when Mary was greeted by this angel, it, it started off okay. It didn't start off with the most exciting thing, but it, it turned out okay. So what we're going to do is look in the, we're going to be in the book of Luke, and it's in your notes, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and we're going to take a look at this story and how Mary was greeted by God and God sending this angel. So it reads it like this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen since I am a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So we look at this story, and, and from beginning to end, you, you, you can see the emotions go up and down as Mary is trying to figure out, what is this? What is happening? But she ends with saying, may everything you have said about me come true. Did you know that God says good things about you. He speaks well of you. And this is what Mary was struggling with in the beginning. She was troubled and disturbed. So what we're going to look at is three powerful truths of being greeted by God, 
which will help us to understand the purpose of being greeted by God. And here's the first thing, and this is so good for us to understand, is that God greets me where or as I am. God will always greet you as you are. He doesn't, he doesn't wait for you to change. He doesn't wait for you to get to a specific location. You don't have to go somewhere to be greeted by God. He greets us as we are. Sometimes we think, well, that's why I don't need to go to church because I can be with God anywhere. True. Church is not only so that we can connect with God. Church in this setting is so that we can connect with other believers. This is how God built the church is so that we could encourage one another as long as it is called today because the evil days are approaching. That's what the Bible tells us. So we gather together more than just to learn about God and to be greeted by God or to come into a relationship with Him. We gather together because we're called the body of Christ, the church, and we get to be encouraged by one another. But Mary didn't have to become good first and same thing with you and I. We don't have to become good first in order for God to greet us or to love us. Wherever we are, as we are, He greets us and He loves us. In verse 27, Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, it sounds like a good greeting, but Mary was confused and disturbed. And she's trying to think about what the angel could mean. So being confused and disturbed, some of us might be in that state right now. Maybe life is confusing. Maybe something is disturbing you. Well, Mary was in that same position as she was being greeted by God. So even though you may be confused or disturbed, it could very well be that maybe God is trying to grab your attention. Maybe he's trying to greet you, not by scaring or going through a life issue, but he's saying, you are highly favored. That even though you may be going through a difficult time, you are favored and I am with you. We can all relate to some season of life that we're confused or disturbed. And God is still in the business of greeting people today. He will use various ways of greeting us. It could be through a person. Maybe, maybe that person sees God's potential in you. Maybe they will love you and you will sense God's presence and you'll sense the love of God through maybe a letter someone writes or maybe someone is encouraging you because they love you with the love of God. Maybe someone believes in you and they're trying to help you become everything God sees you to be. And maybe right now you don't understand it. You're confused and disturbed. Or maybe it's through a difficult circumstance. God will still meet you there. That even though things may not go well, God can still meet you there. Maybe he, maybe he greets you through a, a, a close call. Maybe you almost got into an accident or something and you're just saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It's like there's this something in you that your emotions come out and you're so thankful. It's like God greeted you there. I can't tell you how often I'll, be in the, I'll go to the hospital and visit people and pray for them that they'll say this to me. They'll say, Pastor, oh, long time, long time. I was supposed to take care of my health. But now God is speaking loud and clear. I can't tell you how often I, I hear that. But God still greets you there. Even though we may be going through a difficult time in whatever way, it's no coincidence that we start meeting up with God 
God will even use difficult circumstances. But just because God greets us where we are, it doesn't mean he wants us to stay there. He loves us that much that he'll greet us where we are. He meets us just as we are. But he also loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay there. It's kind of like us as parents. If you have a two-year-old, a, a one-year-old, they will have some messes in their diapers. And you will greet them. You'll love them just as they are. You'll, you'll come, Daddy, I'll love you. Oh, you need to change. Yeah, you accept them as they are, but you still need to change them. Now, I would have a difficult time changing baby diapers, so I just put them in the tub and just rinse them off, and then I can clean them up better. It's a lot easier that way. And sometimes God will do that. He'll shower us with his love. He'll clean us up, as it were. He'll, he'll give us a brand new heart, not because he doesn't love us or accepts us just as we are, but because he's a good father, and he loves us too much to let us stay in our mess. He greets us as we are. The second thing we can learn is that God greets us with grace. I'm so thankful for God's grace because when he greets us with his grace, now we can receive. But if God just came with us with a list of all the things we've done wrong, then we're going to have a, a skewed perspective of who God is. But when he comes with his grace, then we can receive. I think when we... When we are thinking of this word grace, it, it's hard for us to fathom how God greets us with his grace. The only, the only, the closest thing I can come to with, with who receives us and, and, and gives grace, almost like how God does, are grandparents. Like my grandmother, when I would go to her house, it didn't matter what was happening in my life. It didn't matter how bad I was, how much wrong I had in my life. She'd always greet me, Sheldon, come inside. And she would give me these little, um, these malt candies, or it was, like a, it was like a pill. Maybe it was a pill. But it was like these malt uh, candies, and it was in this brown jar. And maybe it was medicine. Uh, but she would give me that, and it was just malt and I would eat that, and it was so good. And then she would ask me if I wanted a cookie. She would make me a chicken and papaya, chicken and adobo, pork adobo. I'm Filipino, so we had all the, all the adobos. But you had, she just would just love me and, and shower grace on me. And she never once criticized me when I walked in the door. But after she greeted me, after all of that, then she could talk to me if there were anything, anything in my life. But unless grace is given, we won't receive the truth. Sometimes, and I used to be like this, I used to think, but I, I, I just got to tell the truth to the people. I, if I just, if I just, I just got to tell it as it is. Sometimes we're like that. I just got to tell it as it is. I'm a truthful person. I just want to give truth, give truth, give truth, give truth. And, and that's fine. It may work in some instances, but maybe not everybody is like that. And God is not like that. God will give us truth, but he'll always come with the grace side first. I used to think God was out to get me. I used to think if I did something wrong and then something bad happened, it's because I did something wrong. I thought I was being punished for my sin. Now, there are consequences to my sin. There are consequences to my actions. But God doesn't punish me for my sin. 
And you might think, yeah, but I thought the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That sounds like punishment. Yeah, it does. But it also continues and it says, but thanks be to Christ because he is the free gift of God. And those who receive him have eternal life. In other words, yep, there is punishment for sin, but God took it out on his own son, not on you and I. And so if we're the type of people who says, I just got to give truth because they got to know, they got to know that the, the truth sets you free. Yeah, I understand that. But it always comes with grace first. Look at what John 1, uh, yeah, John 1 verses 14 and 17 says. It tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the be only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through, yeah, Jesus Christ. So I find it no mistake that he came with truth, but with grace first. And he comes with grace first because grace cultivates the heart. It prepares the heart for the truth. I mean, if you just bring truth to people, and we've done this before, we, we, like, we, we shotgun truth. It's like, you want to hear the truth? That's the truth. Oh, you want to? I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, that's the truth. Oh, the truth will set you free. And we just shotgun people with the truth. And they're like, ah, 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 ah. They're just getting blasted with all of these pellets. And, you're, and you think you did justice. You're like, oh, at least I told them the truth. Already bleeding, but I told them the truth. Now they can do something with it. Yeah, you know what they're doing with it? They're dying. That's what's happening. And so instead of being a shotgun truth teller, how about we be a gracious person for people in which God will bring in truth? Because it'll be grace that prepares the heart. And here's why. Because sometimes the truth hurts. And if the heart isn't ready for it, then all we do is hurt people which can eventually lead to worse things. Now here's, hurt is not the issue. It leads to the issue. We're all going to get hurt in life. We all carry around hurts, and if we're not careful, if we don't know how to manage that well, we turn hurt into damage. Hurt is going to happen. We're human beings. We will get hurt. Some of us are hurt right now. But the issue is not hurt. The issue is being damaged from the hurt. See, when we get hurt, it's like a wound. If you get a wound on your hand, it's like, oh, I got a cut. You put a bandage over it. You put some ointment. You, you take good care of it. And then the cut eventually heals. But normally, what we do is we get a cut or something happens in our life. We get a hurt from someone. Someone said something. And we keep revisiting the hurt. We keep talking about the hurt. And so what we do is Instead of giving it to God and wait for that healing, we say, you know what? I'm going to show you my hurt. So we take off the bandage and we say, look at this hurt. Look at, what, look at what you did to me. You see that? Yep. See right there? Oh, itchy right now. Itchy. So we start playing with it and then we, we wrap it up again and say, this is my hurt. You don't look at my hurt. And then you see someone else at work. Look, look at what my husband did to me. And then you unwrap it. Look, look, this is hurt. Look, look, this is hurt. They're like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Look, look, how, look how deep the thing is. Look. You start poking at it, and after a while, it becomes infected. And you're walking around with an infection. And people see the infection except you. 
you see the hurt, like, see, look, worse now, worse. Five years ago, this wouldn't happen. Still happening today. And he's still working. And after a while, you get gangrene, and you have to amputate. Then you amputate. It's like, look, look what he did. See? Look, look, look. Look what happened to my life. Look. So now what happens is it was just a little cut, but now it turned into amputation. And what God is looking for is the healing process. That's why he, when he greets us, he greets us with grace. Because he comes in and he says, I know you're hurt. I know what that person did was wrong and you're hurt. Well, let's heal the hurt before you get damaged. And he comes in with grace so that he can bring in the power of healing. When Mary was greeted by this angel, yes, she was disturbed. Yes, she had all of these thoughts and she was trying to put everything together. But as she was doing that, she understood that, wait a minute, this is, this is my God seeing the greatest potential in me. That there are some things I'm going to have to go through, but I accept it. And with Mary, even though confused, disturbed, she was able to end up with whatever, whatever is said about me from God. I, I pray that it happens. That is a powerful prayer, and it can only be prayed when we understand about God's grace. That's why he said in verse 30, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know what that word favor means? If you look at the Greek text where it's uh, translated from, that word favor means grace. In other words, you and I have found grace with God. You found grace with God. So he'll, he'll greet us as we are. He's going to greet us with his grace. And then the last thing, God greets us to empower us. I think that is by far so encouraging because he empowers us. He doesn't just greet us and say, hey, good to see you. I'm so thankful. I love you. He, doesn't, he, he greets us, does that, showers us with his love, grace, forgiveness, but then he empowers us to become everything he sees us to be. Now, why does God need to empower us? What is that for? Well, if you think about it this way, that God empowers us, because what he sees in us cannot be accomplished under our own power. It's just not going to be accomplished under our own power. God sees greatness in us. He sees greatness in every single person, so we need his power to maximize that greatness. He, we need that power to maximize our potential, our potential as fathers, mothers, married couples, we need his power to maximize our potential as children, as grandparents, teachers, leaders, servants, business owners, entrepreneurs, government employees, police officers, firefighters, paramedics, servicemen and women, wherever you are in life, retired, uh, brand new baby, wherever you are, we're going to need God's power in order for us to maximize our potential. Oh, you can go on life with your own power. And we see people do well in life under their own power, but they never reach their fullest potential. Imagine if they were empowered by God to reach their full potential. How great of a world we would live in. It would be different. 
but he empowers us so that we can reach that potential. Listen to the task at hand in who Mary is becoming. It sounds easy at first, a little bit. In verse 31, he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Sounds practical, sounds like humanity, sounds like, well, that's what happens in life. You know, women will have children or, or uh, give birth to children and then we can name them. Sometimes names are a little difficult, but we get there. So the first part doesn't seem like it can't happen. But then he continues and he says, oh, he will be very great and, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel. His kingdom will never end. So Mary kind of pauses because it, it sounds okay from the beginning, but then he will be called the Son of the Most High. He'll be, his throne will be of his ancestor David. In other words, when this angel is speaking these words, Mary is thinking, wait a minute, these are all the prophecies about the Messiah, the Son of God, the coming King. Wait a minute, is that my child? You mean I'm the one that's going to give birth to the Son of God? And he's going to be my responsibility to raise up? It's kind of like everything is now starting to come together, and Mary is starting to become confused and disturbed. I mean, wouldn't you? We're already confused and disturbed with a normal child. This is the Son of God, the Son of God, the, the, the Lord of the Most High. And so Mary is thinking, well, hold on, hold on. So let's, let's rewind the tape a little bit. So she says, um, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Almost like, not that she was trying to find a way out, but she was trying to find out, how, how does this happen? I've never been with a man. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You're going to be filled with the Spirit that you're going to be able to do the impossible. The, most, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Talk about a task that you would need power for. See, I think we've, we'll fall into situations and even circumstances where we're going to feel disturbed, confused. We're even going to feel like, I can't do this. I can't carry on. This is too difficult. They don't understand. Why did they say this? How could they treat me like this? We're going to have all kinds of things come our way, and it's going to feel like life is impossible. But then the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're able to do the impossible. You're able to be the woman of God that God sees you to be, the man of God, the child of God. You're able to parent like how God sees you to parent. You're able to be that person that God sees you to be. In other words, you're able to maximize your God-given potential, not because you're trying to do your very best, but because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's a power that comes with the Holy Spirit that we cannot explain but only to be lived out. And with that power, it's necessary because what God is shaping us to be is that great. We're going to need his power for that. See, it's, I think it's just tough being a human being. It's tough being a parent, tough being a husband, a wife, tough being a child. You need to be empowered. It's tough, it's tough doing what you do, probably even at your workplace. 
It's tough to be a Christian in this world. It's very difficult. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I've done so many things wrong in my life. I've done things that I'm not proud of, that I wish I could take back. I've done things that I thought, boy, how could God see any good in me? Which there is no good in me. If there is any good, it is only because Jesus is there. That's the only good that we can have in us. So how can God see any good in us? Well, when God sees us, when we have Jesus, he doesn't see our sin, he sees his son. When God greets us, there is always a purpose to it. In Romans 8, verse 1, the Bible tells us now, there is, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, we probably condemn ourselves more than God does because God doesn't condemn us. But if you look at this verse, it starts off with the word therefore. And anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, that means you need to pay close attention to what was before therefore. And if you read Romans chapter 7, you're going to read that it's all about sin having its grip on us. But thanks be to God because of Christ Jesus, because that is the gift that we receive. It's Christ, and the reward is eternal life. See, when Mary was, when she received all of this from this angel, yes, she may have started off with confused, disturbed, and sometimes we're in life confused, disturbed, and there are things in our life that we're saying, but this is, this is bothering me. I don't know how to get rid of it. That's where Jesus comes in so that we can be released by the grip of sin. And so when Mary was able to process this assignment, being greeted by God in this kind of way, I love how she concludes. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say happen to me. That should be our prayer today because God thinks very highly of you. You're, you have God's grace and so maybe our prayer can be, God, whatever you think about me, whatever you have been saying about me, whatever you have been speaking over my life, may that happen to me. And maybe today, not only were we greeted by God, but that the purpose that God has for you and I in being greeted by him would come to pass because he sees greater things in you than you will ever see in yourself. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. We're going to pray for that this morning. I'm going to ask Grayson to come to the keyboard. And as we pray today, and as we go on with our day, our week, or wherever we may go, you might be visiting, uh, traveling back home, wherever you're going to be, be mindful that God is with you. Just be mindful. And he wants to release his potential in you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you have reminded us in this season why we celebrate in this month and we celebrate the Savior. So Lord Jesus, thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for grace and truth because it is truth that sets us free, but it is grace that sets the heart to receive the truth. I pray for us this morning, Lord, that as we depart, that you would maximize our potential. 
to become the men and women that you see us to be. Now, I'm sure there are some today, Lord, that maybe they don't know you yet. And if that's you and you're here and you're saying, I don't, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know him. I, I know a little bit about him. I've been checking things out. I, but I've never accepted him into my life. I've never given my heart to Jesus. I've never prayed to him and asked for forgiveness so that I could be whole once again and healed. And if that's you today and you're saying, I, I want to give my heart to Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we'll pray together. I'm not going to ask you to do anything except to pray. But if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life, I want to give him my heart, would you just lift a hand this morning? Yeah, God sees you. Absolutely. All over. Yeah, God sees you. Yeah, yeah, God sees you. Absolutely. You're saying, Lord, I want you in my life. Yes. Okay. Yeah, back there. God bless you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can put your hands down. I think even as believers, Lord, we so need to be reminded that you greet us as we are, that you will empower us with your spirit, but you also shower us with your grace. So thank you for that reminder. And if that's you today as a believer, you're saying, Lord, thank you for reminding me of your grace. Would you raise your hand? And as you raise your hand, you're saying, Lord, I received that today. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth and your love. You put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. As I say these words and you repeat it, you just include your heart. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. Make me brand new. Maximize my potential. The one that you gave to me. And help me to hear your voice from this day forward. And I thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen.